We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the nice pro day edition of the DGD podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds going solo today. Uh, Juan and Kobe have previous engagements. Uh, but we're going to talk about this pro day and what it means because all eyes are on the Georgia Bulldogs today. <clears throat> Excuse me. All 32 teams in the NFL <clears throat> are accounted for in Athens. <clears throat> So with that being said, let's jump straight into that. Show is brought to you by our friends over at <clears throat> goodness gracious, Patios Roastery. Patios Roastery, folks. Excellent coffee. I promise you that. J-O-G approved, might I add. Um, with that being said, head over to our website, dgdpodcast.com forward slash Apotheos. Use the link there to click and view their selection. Uh, get you some Excellent, excellent quality coffee. And also keep in mind that if you use our link, 20% of every bag that is purchased, 20% of that will go to um, to the Classic City Collective. Uh, they are the official coffee and cold brew partner of the collective, uh, just to keep that in mind. Uh, based out of Kennesaw, Georgia, they got 30 years of craft and experience with this. Um, give them a shout out. Let them know we sent you. Uh, check them out at uh, Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, Instagram is Apotheos Roastery. Twitter is Apotheos Coffee. Check them out. Let them know we sent you. Listen, thanks, uh, thanks Apotheos. With that being said, I'm gonna. I see Patrick sixty-three saying "Go Dogs" is pro day. Yes, sir. Um, I'm gonna ask the question for the for the brigade here, but. Uh, as I continue to talk about that, what are your thoughts overall with this pro day so far? Uh, if you're watching it, uh, it's it's probably wrapping up here soon, but on the SEC network. I know uh, Stetson's already thrown a little bit. Uh, before we went live, I saw that uh, Jalen Carter and Nolan and all those guys were working out defensive-wise. Um, <clears throat> as G comes right in saying, go dogs. Kobe must have been acting up in jail didn't get free time, and one is probably stuck with a broken hip. Damn, they're not here to defend himself. J-O-W-G, that's cold-blooded. It's cold-blooded. But uh, overall, you know, obviously, like I said, 
let let me know in the comments below what y'all thought, uh, what your thoughts are in regards to the pro day so far. You know, I, th I thought for me, um, you know, obviously I think not really, not really, I think Kenny ran the 40. I want to say I saw maybe Chris Smith run the 40. I don't know what their times were. Um, you know, but when we take a look at, you know, what pro day is about, you know, we're taking a guy, like take it for example, Jalen Carter, right? Like I said, Jalen Carter, he wasn't able to, like do the defensive drills, things like that in Indy, right? So for him, I, I, I think depending on the issues and where that takes him, I think he's basically locked himself up as a first-round talent. But you have to keep in mind, right, like these uh, the, the scouts and the NFL talent or the NFL GMs, head coaches, they want to see what he's looking like, um, you know, taking some time and coming to the pro day, right? So, you know, he looked – to me, I thought he looked – for what it's worth, pretty good. Uh, you know, I didn't really see him like do nothing like bad. I, I think he excelled in the the drills and things like that. So I think he easily solidified himself. Uh, now the question is, does he stay in the top ten? I think so. I think so. Uh, Nolan Smith, right? I, I know. I think Brooks Austin. <clears throat> shout out my guy Brooks. Uh, he's there, uh, boots on the ground, and he's uh, he was he. I saw this picture on Twitter of Nolan Smith doing a defensive drill. And one of the things with Nolan is can he bend? And my God, can he? Um, basically, look like he was about parallel with the with the ground, uh, and and that's something that you know has caused him on top of what he did at the combine to to like literally just skyrocket up draft boards. Like it, it's, I think he solidified a first round uh, in Indy, but you know after today, you might just see him fall up into the top ten potentially. I know. <clears throat> But Todd McShay has him at eight to the Falcons. So who knows? Um, I, I thought that was pretty interesting to see. But at the same time, it's not surprising. You're getting a kid that's, right, uh, you know, he's go he's got the motor. He's got the IQ. Now you got to see the other intangibles, too, as well, uh, how much he's, you know, getting better with the, with the shoulder surgery, too. So I thought that was pretty interesting to see. And I think, you know, when we look – when we take a look into, you know, pro day for today, I think all eyes are on Seth Bennett. I mean, his throwing session, <clears throat> it wasn't perfect. It wasn't. You know, and, and that's something that, you know, sometimes you might see an NFL guy, right, you might want to nitpick these these incompletions or, right, you might want to, you know, just things that could be better. And to me, you know, I, I did see some hiccups there. But, like, I mean, just overthrow one time and, and like, Darnell on a seam, he threw it behind him. Uh, I mean, Darnell caught it. But, you know, when you're in your pro day, you want these things to be as perfect as possible, flow, things like that. Uh, you know, and also you're working with your receivers. <clears throat> so, you know, throwing to Darnell, throwing to Kenny, throwing to uh, Marcus Roseman, Jack Saint, Arian Smith. You know, it, to me, I thought it was pretty interesting uh, to – you know, to see him throw and, and, and kind of stamp home what we saw in Indy, if, if that if that makes sense. I, I think, he, listen, it's not a matter of if he gets drafted, but it's a matter of when. Uh, and, and Juan Daniels can, can fight me over this, but we've got that bet coming. I, I'm just saying I'm, I'm going to win this bet, Juan. Just going to leave that there. Tanil, welcome into the brigade. Nice pullover. Thank you. Um, but ultimately – you know, when you look at 
Stetson overall. I think Indy solidified the fact that he's got the arm to do that, to make the throws, the deep throws, right? Now, you, like I said, it's just a matter of, right, just doing everything that they say. And he did. I thought it was fine. I didn't see too many mistakes. Uh, I'm also not an NFL guy. You're not going to catch me there. Like I'm not an NFL guy. I'm not going to say even I'm even close. So what, you know, what they're looking at, what I'm looking at is obviously different. They're there and I'm not. So I, I thought it looked fine. A uh, couple, couple passes. It could have been better. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, here we are. And now you look for, you know, whenever the draft or whenever the pro day is done, now you start to look forward to the draft and, what, there's another month of it, I believe, or a little bit over a month before the draft starts. So, you know, we'll see what happens as, as these guys come in. Now, I was surprised, a little bit surprised that Kieris uh, didn't partake in it um, prior to right around the start of the, the broadcast. You saw that, <clears throat> or I was noticing that uh, Kieris didn't have his cleats on and that you know, kind of curious as to why, but I'm sure there's reasons for it. Um, you know, but at the same time, I think another thing to to look at the pro day, right, is when when you compare the pro day to right the the combine. You know, you know, we saw Kirby Smart. If you if you watch the broadcast, Kirby Smart just all over the place. And and talking to GMs and talking to head coaches and NFL scouts and things like that. And that's another thing that a lot of um, it, it's a lot. It provides a lot of benefit, I should say. It it provides a lot of benefit at, at a pro day because your head coach is there. Your head, <clears throat> excuse me, head coach is there. Your head, you know, your head coach can answer questions from NFL scouts and GMs and things like that. That you know you have that luxury there, whereas you in 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 the NFL combine, you don't. So, you know, just sitting there t- kind of taking it in and everything and seeing that, you know, Kirby vouching for, you know, talking to everybody that that's, that can help out these guys. He's, he's pushing, he's pushing to get these guys drafted. But I, but I think the thing that separates Kirby from a lot of others is Kirby's going to be honest with people. Right. I mean, like we, we see the track record, but you know, there's still a lot of questions when you're investing <clears throat> the money that, NFL teams invest these guys into these guys. Um, so ultimately, you know, pro days are always interesting to watch if you can watch them. Um, yeah, obviously you're still in shorts, you're not in pads or anything like that. And then Kirby attested to that too. But at the end of the day, I, I do think the the key is to see guys that are, you know, maybe not even, you know, weren't able to partake I mean, think about Warren Erickson got to, you know, got to have his pro day, didn't get invited to the combine, right? So that's another, I guess you could say it's another wrinkle to a pro day, right? Some of these guys didn't get a chance to, you know, didn't get a chance to even get invited to Indy. So it's the first chance the NFL scouts really get to see a guy like Warren Erickson or or Jack Podlesny, right? And you So I always look at that as a sense of, you know, show out and make a great first impression for those guys as well. I hope Pod Lesley, I think Pod Lesley can get drafted. Uh, while we're here, 
uh, like this, folks. Smash that like button while you're here. It's free. Doesn't cost you anything, I promise. Uh, JRWG might lie to you, but I'm not. Uh, also, I'll pose a question here as well. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts uh, after we look at you know as we move on from pro day uh, leading up to the draft? What What are y'all's thoughts? Let's y'all want to talk about uh, maybe some draft projections, if you will, for some folks. Uh, maybe drop that, you know, let me know what you think. And, and if you give me a player, if you, if you think, if, there, if you want to hear my prediction for a draft prediction, uh, draft round or day, however y'all want it for a player, let me know in the comments and I'll answer them and take them on as we go. Uh, Edom Mayhem says, let's go dogs, go dogs. <clears throat> I think another thing with pro day, remember we, you know, you take a look into, what goes on into it you know there's some things that like for instance in indianapolis kenny ran a 462 you know there was a i felt like after watching his pro day um after watching his pro day i, I felt like he i felt like he ran faster than the 462 um but it's a lot different with the kind of angles that you get you know what i mean what what they show you compared to you know what they what they show at the combine is a whole lot different, but um, yeah, ultimately that. So, you know, what about William Pool? I I didn't even honestly I, I saw him, but I don't know. I, I can't really speak on that one. To know, um, I'd love to see him get drafted though. I, I really would. I know we had Matt Landers and Amir Speed come back as well. Um, you wonder these guys aren't even in Georgia no more. Well, the interesting thing is when you can come back. You know, not only did it help, you know, Stetson with his receiving core to throw to for his routine, you also, like I said, you have every 32, every team in the NFL is is accounted for here in Athens. So that's that's 30, at least 32 teams. Um, you know, I, you know, somebody from in that team is going to be looking at you. So, you know, it makes perfect sense for those guys to come back. Uh, Eda Mayhem says, I think you'll have at least three in the first round. I think so as well, but I want to hear I want to hear your thoughts on who you think it would be. I think we have some guaranteed locks, but I want to hear your I want to hear your answer for that. I think we know Jalen Carter. <clears throat> we know Jalen Carter is going to be uh, first round. I also think you see Nolan Smith and Broderick Jones. So there's your three. I think the interesting thing is who is going to draft Keely Ringo. Where's he going to go? So there's your four. I think you could see five in the draft, five in the first round. You know, and also I think we have to keep in mind what's going on around the world of the NFL in this, because free agency is going rampant right now. You know, look at, <clears throat> I don't know where the Raiders are drafting without, without looking. Someone let me know when they're drafting because the Raiders let go of Waller, their, their star tight end. So it could be a situation where maybe the Raiders pick him up or, you know, I mean, and that's the thing, right? I mean, it, there's so many times. So Edom says, well, four then because Ringo will be a late first round. Yeah, I think you can see him go mid to late, I think. I think the Ravens would be an interesting pickup. 
but I think Ravens will also be a pick up, nice pickup for for Darnell. <laughs> like I'm just saying, Ravens would be a nice little pick for 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 Darnell. I think too. I mean, if the interesting thing is, like I said, we, these projections are all still fluid right now. Keep that in mind because of the fact that everybody's moving everywhere, right? Like think about Kenny Kenny Mack. You you're hearing you're hearing about. Uh, like I know, I know Zeke came into the picture earlier today talking about they're preparing to release Zeke, and and what does that mean? What what does that mean for, uh, what does that mean for you know a guy like Kenny McIntosh, right? Does, does Dallas decide to invest their capital earlier and get a guy like a Bijan or something, or do they wait till like the second and third round maybe and go get a guy like Kenny McIntosh that can that can do it all out of the backfield? <clears throat> don't know. That's why free agency is so fun because when you take and you look at the situations that are coming around, you you start to picture what happens with you know with your bulldogs, right? With our bulldogs, that's what we look, that's what we do. So, you know, and then you look at you look at the quarterback situation, right? You're starting to see guys moving all over the place, right? So where's Setson Bennett gonna go? Who's gonna take that shot on? Because all it all it takes is for one team to love you to get drafted. That's the, that's the beauty of it. But at the same time, you kind of, obviously as, as Georgia fans, we want to wish these guys into good situations. I mean, think about Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis, right? Like, you know, and, and Trayvon Walker, Trayvon Walker, first overall pick to Jacksonville in, in recent memory, Jacksonville has been dog shit. But now that you sit there, you see Jacksonville make the playoffs last year, right? Doug Peterson's there. You see him make the playoffs. Um, Edom, I'm going to make the prediction that we see five. We see five first rounders at, and and uh, in no particular order. Jalen, Nolan, Broderick, Keeley, Darnell. I think those are the five. I think those are the five. <clears throat> George dominating the draft again. Simple as that. I think Rudes didn't didn't pull leave the program last year. I think so, but again, if you look at guys like Speed uh, and Landers, Landers been gone more than that. But you know, Speed left to go to Michigan State, but again, they came back, right? They came back, and you know, for the pro day, they came back to attend the pro day, right? Where like Michigan State and and I mean, you could look at Arkansas too, but you know, I mean. It's, it's still a good opportunity to work out and, and get in front of every NFL team because not every pro day that a school has, not every team can has to show up. They don't have to show up. So having the ability to come work out in front of every team, I would take that opportunity if I was Matt Landers or Speed as well, you know. So to me, it just makes too much sense. Tenille says she's on the same page. Tenille, I want to ask you all a question. And what do y'all, where do you all think sets it? Do y'all feel like he's a day two, day three guy? Which one do y'all feel? I feel like he's a day three, but I think he could go early. I mean, <clears throat> I just think he can. Uh, you you look at the quarterback market, and if you take – not only did you see Brock Purdy's situation, but if you look at the San Francisco situation, the fact that they went through four quarterbacks in a year – I just think that that means there's an opportunity for him to get drafted and go compete for a backup spot, ultimately, possibly 
go for starting gig, right? Depending on how things go. It's just, to me, it makes sense. But I think Stetson's talented enough to go in the fourth round. I mean, I, I'd be I'd be a little bit stretching it here if I said third. But you never know. I mean, listen, who who in reality would draft a kicker in the NFL draft? But here we are. So, I mean, think about it. Seabass, Sebastian Janikowski, or Roberto Aguayo. I'm not saying that, you know, it happens. I mean, hell, Jake Kamard is a punter, and he got drafted in the fourth last year. So, I mean, and honestly, Jake Kamard is also tearing it up down there in Tampa Bay. Understand. Completely understand. But I do think that it's interesting to see, though, because, I mean, you know, fourth round for a guy like Setson Bennett, right? We saw, like, he's outrunning SEC linebackers and, and some DBs. So the fact that he can do that automatically tells me that he's got the athleticism needed that's it's going to benefit a team. It's just a matter of which team. And the, we, we've seen it, too. He can throw and all this other stuff. So keep that in mind. Like, he's going to get drafted. One, he's going to get drafted. I don't know why you thought he's not. But <clears throat> because he'll stay off the pappy, too. So you do that. It's it's uh, At that point, it's, it's a good thing to stay off of it and go from there. I do, I do think, well, who else? So we've talked about the five that I thought that were going to go in the first round. Uh, I'm curious about Warren McClendon. I think Warren could go late day two. I mean, the fact that you gave up no sacks in 2022 is is remarkable, I think. Because, well, him and Broderick. Him and Broderick both. Now, the question is for, for when you look at Warren McClendon, you also have to understand that he's a right tackle. I, I don't – I'm not saying he can't. I just think he's more suited to play right tackle. And the right team might even side him into guard, but I think he stays out outside. Just my thoughts. You know, so I, I think you see him like a late day two or maybe day three, early three as well. Just the tackle play is so valuable right now, right? Tackle. I don't think you can have enough tackles in the NFL just because of what you're seeing in the in the pass rush uh, department here. Uh, you know, looking at guys like Aaron Donald and – Right. I mean, hell, it's just insane. It's, it's crazy with the speed that you're seeing now coming in, getting influx uh, into the NFL and pass rushing is right. It's such a such a hot commodity that a, a nice tackle to have is, is going to be key. So people like teams will invest into those kind of. Yeah, they'll invest into that earlier. So I think you see him. And, and listen, people saw Jamari Sawyer fall to six last year. And, and saw what happened in, in, in we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Chargers. So Chargers season last year as a rookie. So I think people will take notice of that. Just my thought. Just my thought. Uh, I think Chris Smith, I think Chris Smith, he did not look bad at all today. And I just think that you'll see, you'll see Chris Smith go day three and I, and I think it's going to be, I think you'll see a, a Georgia run, but it also wouldn't surprise me if you see him go in the third. I think, I think Christmas draft stock is very dependent upon the cornerback market and the safety market. I, I think he's going to be a safety guy, maybe even a nickel guy, but I, I think probably even more so the nickel spot, but you have to look at the market. I, I think as with most, all of these, a lot of these are driven by the market. Um, and his draft grade could be a you know factor there as it could be impacted because of the market. So I think you might see a day three, but he's worthy of a late day two pick. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I think, like I said, Kenny McIntosh, I think you see him on day two. I, the, the, what the issue, the interesting thing that kind of makes me nervous is one, I need to see if he got his time better. his 40 times. Cause I don't know if they've, I don't know if they do release the 40 times unless, unless, you know, you might have somebody in the building drop it or whatever, but, um, if if his if his if his forty time dropped into the four fives, there's a shot that I think you see him get moved up over some other guys. But the question is, when you look at guys, you know, when you look at Bijan and you look at uh, A Chain, you know, A Chain from A and M, blazing type speed, right? And, and there were some guys there that, you know, this running back class wasn't a slouch class. Um, especially if you watch the combine, you saw that like some of these guys were were booking it, but then they also had good on-field performances as well. So, you know, now that Kenny's in the pro day environment and he can shine as the only running back, I think that might help as well. But I think 
also seeing that 4.6 in Indy in conjunction with what we saw others like Bijan running 4.4 and, um, you know, other guys like A-Chain running the four, low 4 or high 4.3s, I think it was. You know, when you see that right there and you compare them to other guys, right, that might be the, the knock. But you're also looking at, like I said, this is all market-based. It just is market-based because you're looking at situation in uh, in Las Vegas uh, where where Josh Jacobs is getting tagged, but he wants a deal. Right? Are they going to make the deal? Um, yeah, so you're looking at that right there. You see emerging young backs like uh, Pacheco, right, uh, from Kansas City, just got drafted last year. Now he's already kind of the guy, kind of seem, seemingly overtook Claude Edwards Hilaire. Uh, and, you know, Detroit, which I'm curious now to see what happens with DeAndre Swift because they pick up Montgomery, if I'm not mistaken, the Lions do. So what does that mean for DeAndre Swift? Like the like the uh, the the span for running backs is so small. So that, that's interesting to me. As we bring in my man, KP, the Swoters. How's it going, sir? How are you, sir? You you look you look dapper today. Thank you. I'm feeling a little dapper. Got a little polo rocking. Make them man, oh, man. glass of water with a little flavor in it. Make root spit out his water. By the way, you ain't careful. Now, so What's we were on, not much. We were so I was sitting here talking about the um, talking to yourself. Yeah, oh yeah, basically, you know, looking looking at myself in the mirror and saying, "God, you're sexy." I'm just kidding, but no, uh, we were just talking about pro day and things like that. Just talking about some, you know, some things in the market of the NFL in regards to free agency and how that could, you know, could change draft stock, right? For for Georgia players, um, as Ruth says, "Hello, gorgeous." There you go. See, it, it was right on time. Look at that. I'm pulling, up, I'm pulling up the the chat on my phone so I can see what everybody's been saying. Uh oh. Oh, uh, Joel must have been acting up in jail. Mm. Mm. Joel, Damn. she's uh, she's on one today. She's been uh, extra spicy. Oh, extra spicy today, man. But no. So, um, um, have have you been able? Now, my question is: Have you been able to to watch the pro day from? You know, I know you're. You're actually on campus, so I didn't know if you, I didn't know if you were able to slide over or how yeah. was it? What was it? so you were in the bit. building? Oh, yeah. What was that like? What was that like? It it is always um, a lot of anxiety from like our op staff because we just have so many NFL coaches, GMs, assistants like here, um, and everything you you really wanted to to run buttery smooth because you like to keep that relationship a positive one. Like you want them to have a parking spot. You want to have a golf cart ready to take them from their car to the front door of the indoor facility. You want, if they want a drink, you got it. They want a snack. You got it. Like, you know, you, you realize that there are, there are coaches that pick up the phone and call Kirby or call our director of ops directly and go, Hey man, like tell me about Keeler and go, we we're picking, you know, 35th overall, like, is it worth taking Keely Ringo? Like, is he going to make us better? You know, what was he like? Do you go to class? Do you do this? Do you do that? Um, so, so to keep that open door and that relationship with, with all the NFL guys, it helps getting all 32 here because all 32 don't think that they necessarily are going to draft a guy from Georgia this year. 
but they all still show up. They still, you know, there's some theatrics behind pro days at elite programs, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, some of those, you know, um, you know, even if you don't think anybody is is going to help your team this year, you're still sending somebody to, to kind of look. I, th- and then- I thought it was interesting, too, because, you know, like I, I was saying earlier that not every school that has their pro day, not every team shows up from all, you know what I mean? So now, I would say I would say there are like probably eight or less pro days that have all 32 teams represented because some schools you may have 30 of them, but you don't have all 32. So, so yeah, it gets interesting there. I, I figured I figured you may have stepped up for a brief second to kind of take it in. I, I know I was watching. Uh, I was watching. They were you know they were showing Stetson on the SEC Network. I thought he had an all right. Uh, showing, I think he made some good throws. I also saw some things that, you know, he 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 put some placement on some balls that should have been better. Uh, but I think he did go back and fix that and and make the right throw uh, after the fact. But you know, when it, I was saying that when it comes to when it comes to these pro days, right? When you're doing the drills, when you especially for Stetson's sake, when you're, you know, throwing and things like that, you want it to be as smooth and perfect as possible. Uh, you know, because now you're in the comfort of your own home. You have your own receivers, things like that. And, you know, ultimately, I, I do think that, like I said, I think he had a good showing, right? I, I don't know. I don't know if he ran the 40 or not. I think I only saw, like, the, the ones that I caught was McIntosh and I want to say Chris Smith. I don't know if a lot of guys ran the 40 today, but I know they, were, like, did, like, your your shuttle drills and, you know, cone drill and stuff like that, um, which, again, I, I do think that's imperative, you know, especially – for a lot of, you know, like guys like Warren Erickson and Jack Pod to, you know, get some uh, athleticism and stuff measured down. Uh, but overall, though, we were, I was talking when you, before you popped in and you got me all, you know, sidetracked and got roots hot and bothered. I was talking about some projections, right? Uh, some post pro day projections uh, for some guys. I thought that I think you see five. I'm, I made a call. I think five guys get drafted in the first round this year. Uh, I, in no particular order, I've got uh, Jalen Nolan, um, Broderick, Darnell, and uh, Keely Ringo as my five. Wait, what's your projection? Do you how many think how many think in the first row? Three and a half is your number right now. Look at I you, think. goodness. I, I think three and a half. I think that Nolan, Broderick, and um, Jalen are locks. I think all three of them might be top fifteen picks in the draft. Maybe I think I think they all are top twelve, top thirteen picks. So, well, it depends on. The, and I think this is too, though, right? Like the reason why I made five is I feel like Darnell and Indy showed the world what we needed to see, and I don't see. I didn't see an issue with him today. Like there, I didn't see. An, I didn't see anything that made people second guess it. Anything like that, more confirmation, right? Things like that. I, I think when you and, and I mentioned an example, right? Because we we talk about this, right? Making these projections, the free agency market will dictate where these guys get drafted ultimately. Because, you know, when you look at, um, like for instance, uh, Darren Waller gets traded from Las Vegas to the Giants, right? Uh, Cincinnati loses uh, Hayden Hurst to Carolina. You know, that to me, you know, opens up some possibility for a guy like Darnell Washington to fall to Cincinnati and get picked up and replace Hayden Hurst with, 
Darnell Washington. I, I think that, you know, things like that kind of drive, right? Obviously, just kind of your guess. But I, honestly, I think Darnell is worthy of a first round pick. I mean, I don't think we can argue that. I, I think right, it's just a matter of what the teams need and, and what they value, the, you know, what they value there. Yeah, I think I think the point I was making was that, you know, I think that the three, the first three I mentioned are locks, probably all going to be a top 15 pick. Then I think you get into Keeley, Darnell, um, and, and you kind of just start looking at, like you're saying, um, best player available, team needs. And then the fact that, in, in all honesty, there are only 32 picks. Like, you know, shake it down however you want to. They're probably – 45 guys that are round one skill or a round one grade. But in reality, there's still only 32 picks. Normally this year there's only 31 because of the forfeited pick. Yep. So it, it, it gets to be one of those things where, you know, this team likes this guy just a little bit more, you know, it, like you're saying the Bengals. Maybe the Bengals like, you know, another tight end just a little bit more. Like Darnell still is right there, but they're the last team that's really looking for a tight end in the draft. Well, then yeah. the next team may not show up for 15 more picks, which will be after the first round. Not saying that if they had picked one later, they wouldn't have taken Darnell. They probably would have. I kind of yeah. think it's all the same thing. Like to me, like Nick Chubb. Um, to me, I feel like we kind of saw it with Aziz a little bit too, like Aziz mm -hmm. dropping is just like that edge rusher there was just such a gap between times where you know quality edge rushers were taken i'm gonna say especially early on though with with pass rushers right because the, the pass rushing ability and the, the the ability to you know do it effectively at an elite level becomes such a commodity that you will separate yourself if you have those abilities and you can do it at a high level whereas other guys right like you know, might not have the kind of same twitch that you need or, right, think, you know, things like that, right, different measurables or different, you know, intangibles, whatever, whatever a team values. But, again, if they don't pick, like you said, you could easily slide. That's the interesting thing about the draft. Um, as we see Adonis coming in, my man, I ain't seen him in a minute. Where, all right, Adonis, how is, um, where are you getting drafted this year? Are you trying to, you trying to go to Carolina? Or he's trying to go to the Falcons. Who knows? Who knows? He's trying to go to Atlanta. I'd take him Carolina at one. Yeah. Speaking of Kobe, I know. So we'll do this. We're talking about pro day. Uh, I saw you. So obviously we don't really keep up with a lot of NFL talk here, but Carolina moves up from nine to one. So that tells me they're getting a quarterback. But your Bears go down to nine. Does that scream the potential for a Jalen Carter in Chicago situation? Um, I, I just think that the farther the farther along we get, the more interesting I think it'll be. The you know teams are going to do their homework on him. You know, there's always that kind of flash factor of like he's all over ESPN. They're trying to throw shit at a wall, like you know, talking about like this, that, the other. I mean, they're misdemeanor charges. They're, they, you know, were filed well over a month after the incident happened. And then at the end of the day, odds are charges are going to get dropped. He's going to serve 
no penalty for any crime. So I guess at that point, once you do your homework at Georgia, you ask Kirby what kind of guy he is, you ask the, um, you know, Coach Scott, you ask his teammates, stuff like that. I just think you're really going to understand that the the character issue that he's trying to be portrayed as isn't true. And so then at that point, yeah, do I think that, you know, three of the first four picks are probably quarterbacks? Do I think Carol or Arizona probably takes um, Will Anderson at three? But once you get into five with Seattle, yeah, do the Seahawks you're, like you're risking. You're risking passing on the next Aaron Donald from every pick after five. Like, if you're the Seahawks, you got to call yourself and go, okay, we don't have to take him, but what are we going to look like if he has a Hall of Fame career? What are we going to look like now if he has a Hall of Fame career? What if we look like, you know, when his defensive rookie of the year? Think yeah. about think about Pat Mahomes at 10. Yeah. Think about Pat Mahomes at 10 because that, that's a – I know they're different positions, but – when you look at the guys that went ahead of him, I think what Daniel was that the Daniel Jones draft where he went fourth and then Pat went tenth or something like that? Was that the same that's one? The, that's the Mitch Trubisky. That's um, it. That's two. And I think Mahomes went at ten. Yeah, he, he went ten. Twelve, maybe. Something I think he was like between I think he was between Watson and um Trubisky, but I agree. It, it just at some point it gets to be like I think the Seahawks are at five, um, and I think maybe the Raiders. The Lions at Lions at six, Lions at six, Raiders at seven, Falcons at eight, Bears at nine, Eagles at ten. He won't make it past the tenth pick because the Eagles. Listen, if if for some reason, if for some reason, he is there at number ten, the Eagles will take that with a luxury pick because they have a free agent in Fletcher Cox. And that is a listen. We saw what happened with Jordan Davis, but if 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 and I don't see it happening, but if if Jalen Carter is there at ten, that is the pick. I understand. I've heard some people talk about Bijan going in the uh, top ten. If Jalen Carter is there, you take Jalen Carter and pair him with Jordan Davis because that is a nightmare with Hassan Reddick there. Well, especially uh, just the way running backs in the NFL are these days. I mean. I, I hate to be that way, but unless you're a top five running back, and even then, um, you know, teams think you're replaceable. I look at the Titans trying to shop Derrick Henry. What team in their right mind is trying to shop Derrick Henry? Yeah, I mean, running backs Browns, now. Like I, saw a, I saw a thing the Browns may be open to trade Nick Chubb. It's like I, I don't see that. Nick Chubb is their team. But, uh, but no, I mean, you're never – I mean, as a running back, you are never guaranteed shit. You're never, especially in today's in, in today's world of NFL. You know what I mean? I just that's the thing. Like, I mean, with with DeAndre Swift, like, what's going to happen to him now that they uh, now that the Lions got Montgomery, right? Like, could that mean you never know? Like, Clyde Edwards-Helaire wasn't a terrible running back for the Chiefs. DeAndre Swift should be a Chief, by the way. But you know, like I said, look at Pacheco. I think that's how his name is spelled or said pronounced or whatever coming in as a, a rookie and making waves, right? Now you start to look at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as like, All right, well, what's your value now? You know what I mean? So every year something like that changes. So running backs are speci uh, specifically, like your your lifespan as a running back is like very small. 
uh, drastically different than what we used to saw, what, five, ten years ago? I remember when – I mean, think about it. When you had Zeke and Todd – remember when Todd Gurley came out as a Ram? Oh, dude. Yeah, I saw Zeke's – I saw Zeke's getting cut today too. Is he? I knew – I heard they said he were getting prepared to cut him. I didn't know – if I figured that means they more than likely um, – you know, I, I could see it. Um, when they franchise tagged Tony Pollard, I, I knew that his dad yeah. numbered in Dallas. So, some takeaways though: Broderick Jones looks amazing from a physicality standpoint. Like from a physical standpoint, dude looks in shape like it's nobody's business. And I, I find it hard pressed. I, I, I see him going. No latest is. Offensive tackle, too. I think you have that guy from Northwestern, a Skaransky guy that could go first tackle off the board. But ultimately, I feel like Broderick Jones will be the number one tackle off the board. I, I just feel that. Kid's just a freak. I mean, you've seen it. You've played you, – you right? Like, you know what I'm talking about. Kid is just a freak. Like, you you don't pass that up. But especially – like, he, he makes he makes blocking on the on the edge look easy. Now I know it's at the college uh, collegiate level, so please don't take that out of context, like the AJC would. But um, you know, I, I just think that he'll be offensive tackle one. Uh, Adonis says he's definitely going Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, listen, I'm not laughing because I saw what Tate Crowder did as Mr. Irrelevant. Keep that in mind. And Brock Purdy. And Brock, and Brock Purdy. Purdy. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're going to hear maybe even more. Maybe even more so, Brock Purdy. Yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, though, Tate Crowder as a rookie came in and played well for the – he's not there now, but um, he's not at the Giants now. But he, he had a good year or two before they let him go. Again, I don't know why they let him go, but whatever. Um, I just think he wasn't playing. He requested a release. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I agree. I think that – I think Nolan looked really good today in the defensive line drills. He looked very flexible. Um Broderick's super athletic. I think that that's going to be a big thing in meetings with people that, you know, like Dewan Jones from Ohio State, you know, he's big guy, huge, massive. Paris Johnson. Paris Johnson. Well, I'm thinking, Paris Johnson's right I'm thinking, there. I'm thinking Jones more so because oh, I'm going to do the comparison of like, yes, he is big, but like he is not very athletic. He's almost so big that he can't move where Broderick is very comfortable in his frame, you know, end up measuring even – taller than we had him listed arms are really long and and he he naturally carries that 325 330 very well very slim very muscular you know he's not a big fat guy out there at tackle um, that's that's not so it, it it just that athleticism means a lot when it comes to you know across from you all of a sudden is Trayvon Walker and you have to be quick, and you have to be sudden. You can't just be big. Like big isn't going to bail you out. No, I mean, he's, I mean, Dewan also has extremely long arms, so he can get a hold of you beforehand. But in the NFL, these guys train day in and day out how to get your hands off of them and go and, and utilize that to their advantage. So you can't just rely on getting your hands on somebody. I think you have to be able to move your feet just as much, 
which is why you start to see the value of left tackles and, and offensive tackles, you know, more so your left tackle, but you know what I mean? Uh, that's why there's such a high value for them. Um, Adonis asked, did y'all discuss what Kirby said about the QB competition? No. Uh, so obviously yesterday we, you know, was the first day of practice. Kirby at his presser talked about, uh, talked about um, what uh, the quarterback competition in regards to, you know, obviously, Long story short, I'm going to sum this up as shortly as I can. You're looking at Carson and and Brock getting splits with the ones. Nothing surprising there. I mean, it's spring camp. Everyone's getting reps. You expect that to be the case. I don't, you know, to me, I didn't see anything fishy at all with that. You know, I still think you're going to see it. You know, you're going to get it split, but I do think you're going to see a uh, higher chunk of those uh, reps go to Carson Beck, especially with practice one. Now, as, as things go on, again, it, I mean, it's the same thing. This is a reason why you do, you know, everyone gets reps. This is important because of the fact that right, you're not going to sit there, Kobe. You kind of see where you might see where I'm going with this, but you're not going to sit there and just have Carson Beck take every single snap with the ones uh, throughout the whole uh, spring due to the fact that what happens if he gets hurt, all right? So you're going to see you're going to see all these guys get reps at the ones, just obviously depending on how much. What are your thoughts? Well, it's, it's kind of like I touched on Monday with you a little bit, um, explaining the O-line breakdown, is there really isn't in spring a true depth chart, almost even to the point where, like, you know, even in the spring game, like, yeah, they'll call it, you know, one one offense versus one defense or two offense versus two defense but like that's just for simplicity's sake i mean the the depth chart isn't important i guess at this point in the year is what kirby would tell you he's telling you that he wants to see good quality reps he wants to see that you have an understanding of the offense you have command of the huddle you have you know command of your receivers you can recognize coverage you can recognize blitz packages that are coming at you you can accurately help the offensive line get into the right protection. You know, things, those those small things that people seem to forget about that a quarterback really has to be able to do and we want them to be able to do before you ever put them in a live fire um, situation. And so it will be good. But, but that's basically, you know, the reason I think Kirby's saying that is there's a red and a black team. And so that's what's going to play in the spring game. So at that point, it is going to be Beck versus – um, Brock, at, at some point, you know, not to say Stockton won't take a ton of reps. He is. Everybody takes a ton of reps in the spring. That's just kind of how it is. Your roster is the lightest it is all year. You know, you got to have bodies. Um, I, I, my personal opinion is that it's Bex to lose, but it won't mean that this is not going to be a heated three-way quarterback competition that will go up until probably the second week of fall camp. Like, you want, you want, you want your, even if, even if there's not a starter, you want each quarterback to fill the competition. You want that, you want that pressure of the competition there because like it, it, it pushes them to be better, right? Like we have to look at people take quarterback competition and, and can manipulate it accordingly, right? Like, even if even if there isn't a true competition, you still want your 
starting quarterback to feel the pressure behind them and make them understand that, hey, look, he's he's getting reps now too. That means he's he's coming after me. Feel that pressure, and it, it and that helps. I, I, if you don't do that, I think that's where you're really hurting yourself as a program. It, and and that that means a two sides of a coin sometimes because yes, like there is there is a really good time and a really appropriate place to have really fierce competition, but then at the same time, um, and I see Adonis saying 100 percent of the season I had no pressure behind me you know, all that. But there is there does come a time where there has to be like a clear split, I guess. Of I think you look at the summer for that, right? I think the summer's when that starts. Yeah. Oh, I agree. The spring, there will be there will be a hundred percent of competition the whole spring. You're definitely working for your scholarship. I mean really your scholarship distribution, you're working for that in the spring. And stuff no? Oh maybe you sign, a, you sign a piece of paper when you enroll as a freshman, so your scholarship's guaranteed for until you either graduate or are deemed ineligible. Oh, got um, it. So nobody has to earn scholarships anymore except walk-ons. So there we go. Yeah. There we go. Now, Donna said 100% season he had no pressure behind him was far worse than when he than when he's been pushed. I'm like, it makes sense, right? I mean, that's that's why Kirby urges and pushes for competition 100% of the time. Like, you want the best going up against the best because it creates a situation where everybody gets better. It's not this situation where, you know, like, I don't, I don't understand how you have, like, a true ones versus, like, a, for instance, like, a G-Day, right? You have your one, you know, you have your red versus black, but, like, Teams, programs that will literally run their one offense against their two or their whatever, I, I, I'm a, I'm all on board for one versus one, to be honest, because that's how you get better. Like, if especially if there's a drastic change in, you know, level of play. Because you want to push yourself to get better, right? Georgia's in a situation where we want to – we want to win a national championship every year. We've already done it twice. We're on a, on a, on track trying to do it a third time. Kurt, you know, you hear Bloody Tuesday where you're going good against good. That that happens even like you you have these kind of camps and practices even after the SEC championship game. That time between the SEC championship game and the playoffs, things like that. Like, yeah, that just makes sense. Uh, Black Adonis has something for you saying he hears he hears Kobe. Uh, he's not trying to deal with that aspect five weeks into the season. And then give a shout out, Daniel. I see commented, you know, Stet will rock it in the NFL, solid backup for years, and wouldn't be shocked if he even becomes a serviceable starter. Um, you know, natural board winner. Um, you know, Daniel, you're glad Juan's not on the show right now because you would have made Juan laugh right there. Um, but, but he's getting drafted. I, I, I agree. Um, Juan, Juan seems to be our only host that doesn't quite agree with that. But I think Juan's bitter. I think Juan's just old and bitter. Yeah. I, I think we all think that it, he has a home in the NFL in, in this draft and that at some point when you look at teams that, that go through a Brock Purdy and, you know, he he has success and leads a team to a postseason, um, you know, I think we all know that there aren't enough quarterbacks, enough quality quarterbacks to go around all 32 teams. And then especially after that, to be a quality backup 
for one of those 32 teams. So um, backup quarterback in the NFL, a lot of money to be made. Um, and I agree that he could definitely be, you know, a serviceable starter if you needed him to be for like, you know, four game stretch or something like that. But, uh, you know, I don't necessarily think we're building franchises around him, but. I don't think so. I, I, I like I said, I, I'm I'm with you on that sentiment as well. Did you hear about? Um, so Jim Nagy tweeted this out early this morning, saying Jay, uh, talking about Jalen Carter. Apparently, he weighed in at 323. That's like nine pounds more than than at the combine. Now, how much? How much do you take away from that? Like, how much are you supposed to take away from that? Because I think with all the, I mean, literally from the time of the combine, you know, from the combine to the pro day. How much has he been able to really work out? I feel like he's been dealing with so much stuff. Like he might not even be able to do the things that you need to do and focus 100. percent I I get it. It might not look the best, but when with him, there's no doubt in my mind that he'll he'll shed that shit off and and it won't be a problem. I, I feel like people can try to make too much of a deal out of it. What are your thoughts on that? Say the weight again for me. What do you weigh? What do you weigh in today? Three twenty-three. Who cares? I mean, he's a defensive – he's an interior defensive lineman. You're hearing, I mean, people, you're, you're hearing, people, is, you're hearing people say that that's too much – weight. that's too heavy for him. Again, he's going to get drafted and go through their camps and work out anyway. I think you see him lose that weight anyway. I, I, I mean, 323 is too heavy for him. He's 6'4". I mean, you know, I, I just guess, like, I would be interested to know what Devontae White weighed in at last year's Pro Day. I mean, I would say it would be something comparable. And and here's my thing, too. Scales fluctuate. I know that is a stupid thing to say, but you never know if our scales weighing a little heavy. Is the one at the combine weighing a little heavy? Is it weighing a little light? Whatever. And then the combine is such a stressful time um, for all these athletes. And then, you know, we don't even have to bring up how stressful it was for Jalen Carter. You never know if he, you know, was dehydrated, was it eating properly. And now that he's home in Georgia, he's been, you know, preparing, eating better, uh, all kind of things. Um, Ronald Ham, water is seven pounds per gallon. But, yeah. I mean, my thing is you just never know from, from week to week comfortability and weight fluctuates on people. Water weight fluctuates on people, especially student athletes. You know, we'd have guys – at Georgia that, you know, during fall camp or summer workouts, you know, they lose 10 pounds from between work before workout to after workout. So you just never know. Um, it, it It's not enough weight that it's not like he weighed in at pro day at 365. I would say, okay, we have a little bit of a problem, but at three, what did you put in your belly? Did you eat concrete? <laughs> yeah. At 320, it doesn't – I mean, it's not screaming alarms, I guess, to me. If, if anything – hear me out. If anything, if I'm if I'm there and I'm an NFL team scout or GM or whatever, I hear that number. What I do, I, I compare – obviously, you compare that, right? You, you've seen him gain some weight. Now my mentality is I want to see how he handles – I want to see how he performs at that weight because – we, you look at the tape, I'm sure he probably plays around the 310 range, correct? You would think he'd play around 3, 305, 310 during the season, Kobe? Sorry, I'm looking up what his you, roster I got you. 
No, I was just thinking, you know, during the season, you're probably, you know, Jalen's probably playing at 310, 315 max, if that, just due to the season. But if you sit there and play at 323 and you working out and, and you look fluid and you don't get tired and things like that, as a scout, I'm like, all right, so he can add a little bit of weight, 320, and still do the same things. And, and you don't really see that motor slow down as much as you would think. That could help. But I'm not saying it'll it'll hurt or help, but that could be a different philosophy that a team might use. Right? How does he handle it, right, being a little bit overweight right now? Like I said, is he going to be tired? Is he winded? Like, what does it look like, right? What does his performance look like? But at the end of the day, you said it best. He's going to be a professional athlete and he'll be a top 10 pick. He's going to come in. He's going to do body fat percentage. He, They're going to, you know, ask him what weights. They're going to ask the strength staff and the coaching staff what weights he's played in as a sophomore and as a junior. They're going to look at that film and they're going to use their nutritionists and their staff, and they're going to say, Jalen Carter, you need to weigh between 295 pounds and 310 pounds. We're just going to make that up. But you're going to you're going to weigh that, and if you don't, for every pound over or under that, I'm going to fine you $1,000 every day that you don't weigh that amount, and they're going to go from there. Well, yeah, I was about to say they could. Add, I mean, if you think about it, the NFL contracts could have some crazy shit in them, as well. I don't know. I, I, that's, I mean, I don't, that's everybody. That's everybody. If you're on an active fifty-three man roster, everybody has a target weight. It's typically about a ten to fifteen pound, depending window. on how big you are or how small you are. Maybe a ten pound window that you have to meet, and if you don't meet that, you you get fined. Yeah. So I mean, that makes sense to me. I mean, and, and again, that's a that's a variable that a team that selects him would use, right? Because, like I said, you, you see different philosophies. You know, like I said, you, what we saw when he plays on tape, when he right when he came in at the combine at what three fifteen or so, like, yeah, that's okay. You could have one team look at it that right there. But what if you have a team that says, "I want you at three fifteen to three twenty, like three twenty five? You could see that right there. So what you're seeing there is not going to be an issue. Don't overreact, folks, is what we're saying to the, the these fluctuations in weight. Just just letting you know. Um, at, at the end of the day, it's only important to about, you know, 25, 30 people, and that's the people that pick, are picking from, you know, the, the GMs and the head coaches that are picking from 8 to 10 or from 5 to 10, you know. The, yeah. If, you're, if your team is named – the San Francisco 49ers and you're not even picking in the first round, you shouldn't be worried about it. You know, I mean. That's my thought. But you never know, man. People people just want to take shit and run with it, to be honest. So we'll see how that plays out. I do think, you know, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Keely Ringo, when he did his defensive drill, you know, the backpedal drills and stuff, basically the W, you know what I'm talking about, that kind of drill. He looked fluid in that. Like, it, it looked better than in the combine to me. Like, he looked more fluid and more comfortable than in the combine. I think that helps him. I'm just saying, I think that helps him, um, you know, answer some questions, especially now you got, you know, the focus all on you, right, Not with a pro day situation, you know what I mean? The fact that you can be that fluid, you know, show even better, you know, show out even better than what you did in the combine. I, I think 
could help him out, solidify first on stock in all seriousness. If things I'm I'm interested to know he re jumped today and I, I don't know if they'll release it. That's he what I'm curious He re jumped the vertical and the broad. So I'd be very interested to know like, you know, does vertical go up? I I'd like to, I'd like to think so, but I mean, you know the house of pain more than I've ever imagined it. So, you know, you could it is well, I've never been to Indy either, so yeah, I think what Juan mentioned when we were talking about the giraffe combine, that the grass thicker there. Well, you, you don't jump on the grass. No, no. I, well, here, here. Least, you don't jump on the grass. I know. Could I that be a could that be a difference maker for them? Because I think when they did it, though, it looked it looked like it was on grass at the combine. I might be wrong. I I don't know, but yeah, I mean, hundred percent the rubber, the fake rubber in the grass, you're gonna sink into. Um, you know, but you're probably talking about an inch, you know, you're talking or, or half an inch. You're talking about fractions of fractions of an inch. Yeah, you're talking about maybe the difference between him jumping 29 in the combine and 30. And if that's what he did here, then, you know, I'd say his combine is pretty accurate. Um, if, if he jumped more closer to like 33, 34 here, I would say that he just had a bad day at the combine. Probably. Yeah, that, again, I, I mean, because earlier before you came on, I was talking about Kenny running his uh, 40 again. All it takes is for him to run a little bit faster at that four or five. You can have a four or five nine. I don't care. Four or five nine. The fact that, that you have a four point five instead of a four point six there, that's how teams are going to view that. And and that could be that could that can change your draft stock tremendously too. I think Kenny's biggest X factor is the fact that um and, and we've talked about it all season and it's been something that's been harped on even at Pro Day. It's his ability to run routes and catch the ball out of the backfield. He looked he looked good when Stetson was throwing earlier. He's a he's an above average running back, you know, when he has ball in hand and is running the ball. I would say he is and you know, pushing an elite level running back coming out of the backfield, his route running ability, his his um just catch and his vision after catch ability just are both really impressive as well. So I think he's one of those guys that you're right. It would be nice, you know, run a four or five. He'd have some breakaway speed, but he's also going to be, you know, maybe your third down back for some team. He may not be your he first could be your receiving. He could be your receiving threat. I mean, yeah. you're starting, I, and we're going to end it up after this. But I think when you take a look at how versatile running backs are, teams look to value a do it all type back. But at the same time, they understand the importance of having niches as well. Right. You remember when, like, Carolina used to have Jonathan Stewart and uh, D'Angelo Williams, and those were two polar opposites, if you will. But they compare, they put together a, a remarkable running back duo because of their ability to do, you know, everything good. Just obviously different type, you know, different players were more special for it. It's just like James Cook and Zamir White. Not not saying Zamir, you know, Zeus Zeus could catch out of the backfield. He showed it his senior year. But it's still light years behind uh, James Cook's receiving ability. And and I think it just depends on what you're looking for. Um, you know, I, I think with the David Montgomery signing in Detroit, kind of like we were talking about, you kind of have him and Swift who kind of both do the same thing. They're both really elusive between tackles, but they also have really good speed and really good catching ability, you know, on, on the screen game or the swing pass. And then they have their big bruiser, you know, inside the five and Jamal Williams, which I'm not sure if they re-signed him yet or not. But um, 
Yeah. I think he walked. They let him go, I think. So that's big for them. Yeah, I mean, what do you have, 14, 15 touchdowns last year? Something like that. Something crazy. Something something really crazy on on touchdowns. but Something like that. Uh, Let's wrap this thing up, man. Overall, let's do a final takeaway from today's events. I feel, you know, I feel confident that these guys did did the right things. Uh, you know, you do have some concerns, right? I think that Jalen Carter, you know, how he performs, you know, could make a, a impression of looking out of shape. Hopefully that's not the case. I think he's going to be fine regardless. I'm just, just me. But what does that mean for teams that are up there picking in the top ten? What does that look like to them? It's going to be a question if that's the case. But I feel like everybody had a good pro day. Um, you know, there's obviously small things that you see, but I feel like they got fixed, especially Stetson in the passing game throwing. And to me, it's great to see. It's great to see all the old faces. You know, some people get a little sour about transfers, but I think it really helps you understand that that Georgia really is a home away from home. I think it's really good to show recruits um, that basically, if you've ever played at the University of Georgia, like you're welcome here. Always, you know, I mean, yeah. you have Jaden Hunter who hadn't played here since like 2019, maybe mm-hmm. at Pro Day. You know, Hugh and Colby White both were have been gone to Hawaii since like 2020, I think. Um, Matt Landers left, I think, after the 2019 season as well. Um, you know, uh, Matt Landers been to three other places and he's still at our Pro Day today, given, you know, he's looking out in front of all 32 teams compared to Arkansas's pro day, but yeah, I mean, like that's the perk of being able to be say you went to Georgia. So it's another thing that, you know, ultimately Kirby Smart can say, Hey, listen, and he even did that on the show. Uh, when I think Stinchcomb, Matt Stinchcomb was uh, talking to him and saying, you know, won't this, if you're a dog, you're basically welcome here. It's like perfect example. You know what I mean? Other than that, though, Kobe, I think it was a good show. Thanks for coming on, sir. I know you had some stuff to tend to, so it's good to keep yeah. a good chat with you. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll take the weekend and see what happens, and see if there's any spring, you know, spring practice notes or anything like that, and come back ready to go Monday. Maybe Juan can be here, and Robin and Gang will be fully intact. It's been a while. Two weeks. Shows I know. I know. I felt like people were ready for this. Like once it happens, it's like. It's going to be a major event. Yeah, you might. Like, Roots will go over the top. I feel like we're going to be like Aaron Rodgers finally announcing where he's going to play football. Like, it's going to be yeah, that. I, I, yeah, speaking of that, I saw 202,000 people watching Pat McAfee show because of that. Is it is it on right now at one? He does 12 to 3, I think. Oh, okay. So, I don't I think, yeah. I think Rodgers is coming on at one, though. Oh, uh, so he might, he might be doing it right now. All right, bye. (laughs) Yeah, bye. (laughs) Have a good one, guys. We'll catch y'all next time. Have a good one. Go dogs. See y'all Monday. The headlines remind us daily: the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.